Welcome to the Radio 191 FM podcast. A new bill set to come before Parliament seeks to bring in a raft of changes to the electoral system. Sponsored by Green Party List MP Goriz Garaman, the Electoral Strengthening Democracy Amendment Bill was drawn from the Members' Bill ballot last Thursday. The Members' Bill ballot allows bills and acts put forward by Members of Parliament who do not hold ministerial portfolios to come before Parliament. Garaman's Electoral Amendment Bill seeks to make a series of amendments to the Electoral Act of 1993 to reform and strengthen democracy in Aotearoa. These include allowing Māori to switch electoral roles at any time rather than the current five- to six-year period, giving all prisoners the right to vote, lowering the party vote threshold for entering Parliament from 5% to 4%, and lowering the voting age to 16 And I'm joined on the phone now by Gorez Gadaman, MP behind the Electoral Strengthening Democracy Amendment Bill. Kia ora, Gorez, How are you? Thank you for joining us. Morena. Thanks for having me. So this is a pretty hefty amendment bill. There's a lot of different factors tied together into one. What is it that connects all these strands of electoral reform, some of which do seem quite distant from each other? Yeah, so the bill recommends a suite of changes that have over time been recommended by independent bodies like the Electoral Commission, the Justice Committee when it examines general elections each round, uh, the Court of Appeal, the Supreme Court, but have been ignored by successive governments. And the idea is that we should take sort of party politics out of electoral reform, which is about democracy, and really listen uh, when there has been inquiries by independent bodies or where we've been told that we're breaching people's rights by courts. Compared to other nations, um, Aotearoa does have relatively broad voting uh, laws. You don't need to be a citizen to vote, just a permanent resident. Prisoners serving shorter terms can currently vote. Why do we need to extend voting rights further? Yeah, so we do have an anomaly in our um, law where parliaments can actually take away your rights to vote like they, they have in, um, in the case of prisoners. Uh, but we can't extend rights. Um, easily with without a super majority, like extending the right to vote to sixteen and seventeen year olds. So that's one of the one of the changes in the bill. Just recognising that actually we do sometimes restrict uh, groups of people from voting. Sixteen and seventeen year olds are of course recognised as having a right to vote in the Bill of Rights Act, and courts have found that. Um, but the bill re- sort of acknowledges that there are other things that affect access to our democracy. So, for example, that's why there is. Um, the changes to do with political funding. So, for example, anonymous or very large donations still exist in our democracy. And, you know, we do have low levels of corruption by international standards, but we also did have three out of the five parliamentary political parties last term come into some hot water when it came to the way that they'd done donations. So, for example, getting that big money out of our democracy has potentially as much impact as giving people the right to vote. Hmm. Um, Justice Minister Chris Farfoy says a working group will be formed to consider the bill, and you've said that whilst you support the electoral law panel, you fear it might slow down the process of electoral reform. So why is it important to get these changes made quickly? Is there a sort of timeline you're envisaging? Yeah, well, the idea, again, behind um, bringing these particular changes to Parliament is that they've already been the subject of inquiry or examination by independent bodies. Um, In the case of the Electoral Commission recommendations on strengthening MMP, which is one one of those you've already named, which is about the threshold, that, for example, was an inquiry that saw two rounds of public consultation with thousands of New Zealanders submitting. So to put something like that back into 
a circuit for inquiry, um, you know, it's kind of demoralizing for people who actually engage with these inquiries. Mm. Um, or to say, you know, where the Supreme Court has said we're breaching um, fundamental rights by banning prisoners from voting and then putting that up to a public vote rather than to go through a select committee process and, and a debate in Parliament is just delaying that access. So yes, absolutely. Let's have um, let's have this democracy panel discuss things that we haven't already had um, come up through these processes. But um, let's not use it to delay change that we already know needs to happen. I'd like to speak a bit more specifically about prisoner enfranchisement. So currently those serving a term of under three years are allowed to vote, but both, of course, in this bill, but also the High Court and the Waitangi Tribunal have said that voting rights should be extended to all prisoners. Um, Some might say that those who are incarcerated gave up their right for civic participation when they committed a crime. Why uh, Why does enfranchisement need to be extended to all prisoners? Well, as a purist in terms of human rights law, <laughs> I, you know, you'd say actually prisoners, it, it's incredibly important for, for our human rights-based system not um, to treat people who are imprisoned as having given up their rights. Um, that's an incredibly slippery slope. You know, where do we, do we draw the line at um, refusing medical care? Did they give up that right? Did they give up their right to be free from torture? Uh, so the, being imprisoned isn't about um, giving up human rights, but but more than that, and I think the thing that most people are concerned about, our justice system should be about keeping our communities safe. So it should be focused on rehabilitation and successful reintegration of people um, who do come in, into our justice system. They are most of them are going to come out at some point, and we know that maintaining their humanity and their connectedness to the community is part of ensuring rehabilitation. Where parole boards regularly ask prisoners to prove that they've maintained a connection to to the community in order to parole them. So it doesn't make sense to do something that actually undermines the purpose of our justice system. And then when you look at who we actually imprison for doing very similar acts as, as anyone, <laughs> it's uh, disproportionately uh, poorer people, it's vastly um, targeting Māori and Pacific people. And so, you know, it, then it becomes pretty gross saying that actually we, we have an unfair and prejudiced justice system on top of it and we're going to take away your uh, right to participate in democracy. Mm. And just one more question. Um, the campaign to lower the voting age to 16, which has been in the news for quite some time, of course, um, one of the key arguments in favour is that getting people to vote in their first election while they're still in school will raise voter numbers because we know that whether or not people vote in the first election they can vote in is a big indicator of if they'll continue to vote. Why lower the voting age rather than, say, follow Australia and make voting compulsory? Yeah, because making voting compulsory doesn't necessarily engage more people in the way that you actually want people to engage. But but that can be a different thing, and it's not necessarily an either-or. The starting point is that 16- and 17-year-olds have a Bill of Rights Act right to vote, so we're actually breaching their rights. So leaving that to one side, this is a group of people who are most likely to be, for a longer time, affected by policies that governments make right now. And they're a group of people, young people, who actually do have the right to vote, who don't engage as much in electoral democracy as you've noted. So getting that kind of engagement, getting civics education, starting at 15, getting them to start to register to vote while they're all in the same place, they can't leave school until they're 16. (laughs) When they do, people do disperse. You know, some go to uni, some go into trade or, or the workforce. 
um, and and that kind of uh, failure to to um, register to vote can set in for a lifetime. Whereas if we kind of get that engagement at that point, we know that we're going to have more engagement from young people in our democracy, which strengthens our democracy. It strengthens the decisions that governments make and it would hopefully um, incentivize political parties to actually pay attention to young people. You know, And, and this, is a, this isn't a group of people who are not politically engaged. They're just not engaged with the voting part. Mm. of democracy. So they turn out for protests for climate in the thousands and thousands. Um, they are engaged with work and study and they're experiencing things like housing and public transport <laughs> and they care about those things. Um, but we, we have failed to serve them as part of our democracy. This was a Radio 191 FM podcast. All of our content lives online at r1.co.nz.